Jewels, and on this very exciting episode of All Things Iceland, I am so like pleased and honored to have these two awesome artists, Icelandic artists, who are going to be sharing about their collaboration as a group and then as individuals. And so I'm just going to do a short introduction of both because you're definitely going to learn more about them. And of course, check them out. I will have their Spotify uh, lists, their albums and everything in the description box of this episode. So definitely go and listen to their music, which I feel like you've probably already heard them, but you just maybe didn't realize you were hearing such amazing people. <laughs> so first we'll start off with Ragna, who is an Icelandic rapper, songwriter, and sound designer. And I really want to get into the, the whole rap scene in Iceland, because I feel like that is something that most people are not fully aware of. And you've been in the game for, for a minute. So I think that'd be really cool to kind of give more of insight there. And Hildur, who is a singer, songwriter, and producer, who is also helping to transform the landscape for people who are singers and songwriters, that kind of like duality in the Icelandic music industry, which maybe not everybody is tapping into or knowing how to do that. So before I get into the questions, though, I also just want to remind people that Live from Reykjavik is coming up this Saturday, November 6th, and Red Riot, who are the two people who make up that group, are going to be performing live. And what's awesome is that this is a hybrid event. And so, of course, there are venues, so it's going to be taking place at four iconic venues in downtown Reykjavik. But for those who can't make it, there's a live streaming link, and I have a little special discount for my listeners and followers. So definitely make sure to use that link in the description box in order to get discount so that you can enjoy a concert in your living room this Saturday. So, all right, let's get into it because I'm really curious about just breaking into the music scene in Iceland, right? Like we hear about all these artists who, you know, make it big or even just in Iceland, they're performing and things. But what for you, and I'm gonna start with Hilted, was the point where you were like, this is what I'm going to do. How did you come about that process of being like, I'm going to be a singer and songwriter in Iceland and producer, of course. So basically, I was asked to join a band when I was 17. So I joined uh, or like, yeah, I was one of the founding members of this band called Drökkuro. And uh, that was like a indie rock pop band. And I think uh, like one of the first things we were planning to do was uh, to compete in Battle of the Bands, which is mm. called Musik Tilernir in Icelandic. And that's like a great platform to start because it's basically... You are admitting that you are starting out and you are just like seeing how it works and everything. So that was um, basically when I kind of started. I had been like playing the cello since I was a kid, but that was classical. But I always like wanted to do something like just I wanted to be a musician. So I was really kind of happy and lucky when um, the guys asked me if I wanted to join the band. And uh, it was funny because like um, at, at the time when we participated, Everyone thought we would win it because we had like two girls. And at that time, there weren't that many girls uh, in bands. Mm -hmm. And then like I was playing the cello and uh, Ingeberg, the other girl, was playing accordion. So we were like really kind of like out there yeah. and two girls and everything. And I remember being like, yeah, OK, that's that's cool. OK, everybody's saying that we will win. That's like <laughs> a great start. OK, we'll just win the battle of the bands and then everything goes great. And then we, you know, we played and we didn't even get to the finals. Oh, no. And I thought that, like, my music career was over. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, Done well, this one. <laughs> yeah, so I was like, this one gig was great. 
I guess this is not for me then. But oh, no. uh, happily enough, um, the rest of the band, we all agreed to kind of keep going. And uh, we got the record deal only, I think, half a year later. So it oh. was like a story where, you know, it, we didn't start off as good as we wanted. But, uh, you know, I've just been in the industry since then. So yeah. it's been, you know, I've, I've been in a lot of different projects, but this is how it started. Amazing. Nice. Thanks for sharing mm-hmm. that. That is super fascinating. And maybe in a way that was a good like thing for you to learn that you that, you know what I mean like it's like coming out of the gate maybe maybe some crazy expectations and then it would have been harder later on I don't know but it sounds yeah, like it's a pretty cool story yeah. though to be like oh we're gonna win it and it's like oh yeah. <laughs> but, but we're still gonna we're still gonna go for the music career thing <laughs> okay. yeah all right <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah all right and Ragna um, how about you in terms of busting into the Icelandic rap scene. I think mine was like quite the opposite of Hilders. Mm. We like came straight out the gate, like me and the first Icelandic rap uh, group, Subterranean, from way back. And like when we came out, like we released our first album, it was, in my opinion, like an instant success. Like we were playing everywhere because we were like the first Icelandic rap band. So we were pretty unique at that time. And we had great success. And it was like a bunch of teenagers like doing their own thing having fun and fast forward like 20 years later or something like that I'm starting my solo career and it's not just about having fun and it's <laughs> like really like there's so many bands out there now and anybody can make music right now and the scenery has changed just so much we have so much so many do-it-yourself musicians and so on and so like back in the day it wasn't like that at all so for me, like personally, it was harder to break into music industry like as a solo artist rather than like being a member of one of the first. Yeah. Uh, not one, the first <laughs> rap band in Iceland. Yeah. So me and Hilted, like we started music way back, like clearly in separate bands. Yeah. But it's, it's quite young, though, as well. Which yeah. Which is yeah, interesting. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Both teenagers. Yeah. You're 17. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. Yeah. And yeah, I think that's, that's like. Fuzzy. Yeah, and I think it's actually helped us a lot in, like, this project we're doing now that we've kind of, like, seen it all and done it all in a way. So we are now just focusing on what we absolutely love and, you know, doing stuff that, like, we're not thinking too much about, like, everything in between because we've learned so much on the way how the industry is and so on. Mm -hmm. So I feel like now we can kind of focus more on the music because I remember just, like, being younger and being dealing with all kinds of crap in the industry for the first times and it was you know you learn so much from it uh, and it's like so good to work with someone else that has you know experienced it as well so we kind of know what works and uh, you know not as afraid of making failures because we know it's like that's a part of the game you know yeah exactly and you'd mentioned even Rakhna, about like the changing landscape and how there's all these like DIYers kind of so it's interesting how access like needing to get into a studio or whatever else. And now people are like in their basements, yep. <laughs> you know, like making yeah. beats and Definitely. maybe going viral on TikTok or something. Exactly. Like it's, it's so exactly. interesting. Yeah. yeah. And it's also fascinating that you're both young and you're veterans in the game too. Right. And that's, <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> so it's like back in the day, <laughs> but, it, but it's true. You know, like, it's true, that's though. just how yeah. your story has gone. As women in the industry, I'm super curious about navigating that part. And, you know, because a lot of the time we hear about imagery and everything in terms of how to build up your image. A lot, Most of the time it's like being sexy or whatever. And in, in Iceland, I'm just kind of curious about 
was that something that you felt, especially when you were younger, needing to fit into some specific image or whatever else as a female? Or did you feel like you had more freedom to just be expressive of, of how you want to showcase yourself? I I feel like I've always been very free to do what I want. I think in general, Iceland is quite, you know, has always been quite open with mm-hmm. that. Uh, we have Björk that set the scene quite early of just being whoever she wanted like to be. Unique. Like yeah. Unique, yeah. So I think, uh, and maybe also for us both, or like if, if I say for myself, uh, the band I started in when I, you know, was young, we were kind of just cute and indie and it didn't really fit to be trying to be sexy or anything. Yeah. So like <laughs> that wasn't even like a part of our yeah. image. So yeah, yeah but I, I think, uh, no, I think definitely it's it's less here than probably in the States mm-hmm. and, and other mm-hmm. places. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like definitely for me, like breaking into the rap scene as a female, I mean, like you weren't quite legit un- unless you showed them, you dropped some knowledge of hip hop at least. Mm. So you weren't like even, it was all about back in the day being authentic and real and stuff like that. So like it was just about being with the guys, like one of the guys, let's say. And and with that being said, it's just like dropping knowledge and being knowledgeable about the hip-hop culture mm-hmm. so like being sexy and all of that wasn't a part of like the icelandic scenery just knowing like what you were listening to and where it came from and stuff like that yeah. and the lyrics and yeah nice i think that's very refreshing for a lot of people because a lot of people from like my audience are from the u.s and so mm-hmm. we have like these you know uh, artists who often you hear about how they were pressured to be a certain way and so it's really great that you get to be expressively yourself and just kind of figure out that image and evolve it over time that's really cool. Yeah. And I think also one part of it is that uh, Iceland has never had a big music industry. So mm-hmm. there have never kind of been like the big labels here. Mm-hmm. So I think if anyone has had these experiences, it's probably Icelandic artists that have been signed outside of Iceland because the labels here were all quite small and DIY. So they weren't the ones that were like kind of trying to make your image. But that's the story we hear from abroad. So I think yeah. that is also something that I've always thought makes uh, the Icelandic music scene quite unique is that the DIY aspect is so big in us because we're not trying to get signed with some big label here because there aren't really any labels. Mm-hmm. So a lot of us start by just doing the thing we want to do the most and not trying to figure out if it's like something that's going to get us signed or get us a big deal or something like that. Yeah. Like when you mentioned authentic. Yeah. It's just who you are. Yeah. It's really cool. Mm-hmm. Okay. And speaking of artists and Rakna, you talked about like knowing about rap culture and everything else. Like, were there specific artists that inspired you or rappers who you were like, yes, that's I I really feel (laughs) it when they are rapping or when they're, you know, putting out new music. Like every time I mention them. I go home and hit myself against the wall because, like, I keep on forgetting, like, 10 names. So, like, just, like, I, I blurt out some of them. And I'm like, damn it, why didn't I remember remember those other ones? But, you know, it was the classical. It was, like, De La Soul and Common and Biggie. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of stuff. Like, I definitely, yeah, most stuff, Black Star, all of that. You know, a lot. I definitely am not remembering half of them. But, you know, just, like, that New York-ish type of vibe, West Coast. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think East Coast. Both. <laughs> we didn't know in Iceland. We were just like listening to rap. So, yeah. yeah. A lot of the 90s stuff basically was like Definitely. my home. Iconic. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. And like, I'm from New York. So like, you know, oh, okay. from Bushwick. So Biggie grew up in Bed-Stuy. So like growing right. up with that too, right. it is one of those things where like you have a 
I mean, I was never in this East Coast, West Coast because <laughs> it's like I'm not right. in, uh, exactly like in a gang. I don't care. But <laughs> still, it was a, it was fascinating to see it play out until, of course, people get killed. Then it's sad. Yes. Mm-hmm. But um, how about you, Hilton, in terms of artists? Were there any even Icelandic or abroad who inspired you? I've always said that um, Beth Gibbons and Portishead have been one of my biggest uh, icons. And uh, I think she shaped a lot of like me finding my voice she has like this very fragile tone with a lot of emotions and Mm. that's something that I've always related to a lot Björk as well um, I've always like really looked up to her because uh, I just love how confident and creative she is and she always goes her own way and like her vocals are not always perfect in the way that we like talk about perfect vocals in in pop and stuff but Mm -hmm. they're so unique so I think uh those two have definitely been big influences. But then again, I always also just like listen to a, a lot of like different music. So, for example, like Kanye West has been like a huge influence as well, just with his like originality and everything. So I think it's just, you know, important to draw draw things from different, you know, artists and styles to kind of like inspire you. Yeah, absolutely. And, and those who are songwriters too, right? Because you... You know, you have this mix of people like Kanye, for instance, who writes a lot and then performs. Mm-hmm. And then it doesn't always work out for everybody who's a singer and a songwriter. So that's kind of no. interesting. Yeah. To kind of mm-hmm. like dissect what he's doing or what others are doing in order to kind of find your way and what matches with you. And kind of speaking of that, because the both of you do this, is that all along something that you wanted? Or was it just like as a person who is performing and I mean, obviously writing your own music? We were just like, yeah, maybe I should also really make this a part of my career, which is being a, a songwriter. I think, like, I've kind of never been in music without writing it, you know. It's mm-hmm. like when I started the band, I was writing the music from the start. So um, that's always been a huge part for me. And when I've done gigs where I'm only performing, like, something that someone else does, I always feel like that's just half of it. So for me, yeah. that is, like, just something you can't... Or like, for yeah, my music is something that I want to be involved with uh, all along. But then, uh, yeah, as a songwriter, I started, I think, four years ago writing songs for others, which was, like, a completely new world for me. And that's not very known in Iceland. Um, mm-hmm. People are not really, like, that scene hasn't really opened up here yet. Um, so that has been really interesting to just like travel, you know, all around and, and been doing sessions with uh, musicians from, you know, everywhere. And that has yeah. like also taught me a lot about like, you know, writing and just like getting ideas from other people, see how they work and so on. Yeah. Being very collaborative, I'm sure. And yeah. It must be yeah, super yeah, yeah. interesting. Yeah. It and is. How- yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. No, sorry. No, I was going to say, it's kind of like going to a blind date every time you go to a mm. session. You're just like working <laughs> with, with people you've never seen. You don't know anything about them. And it's like, yes, you're put in a room and you should write a song. So that's like always how I describe it. And are you sometimes ever writing songs with a person in mind? Meaning like, you know, let's just, I'm going to take a random person like Mookie-san, right? And be like, oh my God, I just for some reason, I feel like this would resonate with him. Right. And does that ever happen for you? Yeah, it happens a lot, but a lot of the times when I'm uh, in these writing sessions, there is an artist in the session, so we're Mm, writing specifically for that artist. But I think often, like, when I get ideas that come to me, it's like, it's it has been annoying that sometimes I feel like they don't fit me, but they come to me, you know? So Mm -hmm. I'm like, I must do this song, but then it doesn't fit my style, so I need to find someone else to, you know, 
perform it so that yeah. that can happen that's a pretty nice annoying habit to have yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's well. like oh well i guess i can just <laughs> help someone else in their career uh, how about you Rekna, in terms of songwriting is it similar like um in terms of are you doing something similar to Hilted or is it a different process for you? Just like recently, because I guess like I gained the confidence through Hilted because I was seeing her doing a lot of <laughs> stuff for other people. Because I'm like really old school because like from the old school hip hop, just like you write from your heart, whatever. Mm-hmm. Of course, like a lot of the musicians do that. But being able to take on a task and write it as it was yours, like mm-hmm. from your feelings or whatever, to put yourself into someone else's steps and and experiences and, and writing for, I don't know, commercials and stuff like that, you could still, like, deliver without it being, like, super personal. And mm-hmm. I learned that a lot from Hilter, like, just, like, you know words. Like, being a rapper and, and writing rap lyrics, like, the amount of rap lyrics versus, sorry, but a person that yeah. sings, no, like, just the amount of words, <laughs> yeah. just, like, per <laughs> song is enormous, you know? Yeah. Like, if I, if I had just, like, even written down each and every time I've written a song or whatever, I'd have, like, stacks and stacks. So, like, I draw from experience. I'm I'm thankful. And so, like, just through Hilder, I gained the confidence of, of just, like, just do it. Go, go out there and just try it. If if you don't like it, then it just it doesn't go any further than that. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, basically, what's the worst thing that can happen? Just, like, it doesn't go any further. And the best thing, you realize that, like, you're capable of more than you thought you could, you know? Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. I think that's a great message just for anybody, right? <laughs> to just be like, there's fear and just push yes. through that fear. Like, you're going to have the <laughs> yeah. fear regardless, right? Yeah. Regardless. Yeah. yeah. Especially when you're working f- for someone else mm-hmm. and you're always used to writing from your own experience and drawing from your own experiences and um, and your heart or whatever. Like, it, it's a challenge. And, like, if you feel you can do it, then, like, go for it. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I'm glad they're both you. going for it. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. And trailblazing at the same time, because like you said, Hilted, this is not a thing that is as developed in Iceland. And yeah, and then you're no. both kind of helping with that in, in your different genres, which again, this is really great. So, okay. Yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. you'd mentioned that throughout time, being in the industry, you've, you know, overcome different things, like challenges. And I'm just curious about if you could share what some of those challenges have been. Like, Ragnar, you mentioned a little bit about, like, going from being in this group that was successful to then breaking in as a solo artist. But what are some of the things you've been navigating in specifically in Iceland that you found have been challenging for you? Well, we have one big thing in common. We're female. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's like, uh, even though Iceland is considered one of the best countries to live in in regards to, you know, sexism or like, you know, non-sexism, uh, I think it's still like a huge deal in the music industry there has been a lot of talk about it in the last few years so it's more like people are no more openly sharing their like experience about it mm-hmm. but i think still it's so like kind of intertwined in the way of thinking with a lot of people it's like way harder to get bookings if you are a female artist wow. unless you have proved yourself big time mm-hmm. and okay. the sad story is that a lot of the bigger icelandic females like one of the stepping stones to do that, they have had a collaboration with one of the biggest guys, you know, mm, which like, okay. you know, so of course kind of, yeah, it, it kind of minimizes 
I don't know, in, in a way, it just it makes you annoyed that like it's still like this in 2021. And mm -hmm. uh, for example, like a lot of the, you know, events you see, there are maybe like one or none female artist. And uh, a lot of the time kind of like venues and bookers say that, yeah, we're, but we're just booking what's most popular. And then you are thinking, okay, but what is most popular and why is it because the radio isn't playing as many mm -hmm. female? And is it because like, I don't know, the, the guys in the industry, they are really like sticking together and sharing a lot of the other's music. Um, I don't know. It's like a lot of things. Yeah. And, but at the same time, you are kind of tired of always talking about it. So mm -hmm. what we've, for example, try to do with Red Rider is just like, you know, showing it by doing it, mm -hmm. you know, not being like, please book me because I'm a female and you need females. More mm -hmm. just like, hey, yeah. we're just doing really cool music mm -hmm. and just like letting the music and the work speak right. for ourselves. Leading by example. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. So it's this kind of same concept of the boys club in essence. That is, yeah. Yeah. yeah it's really well, annoying. Sadly, uh. sadly, it's still there. And uh, yeah. I don't know. It's 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 hard to break that down and without kind of yeah because always also you don't want to be always like nagging or saying like hey this is like it is because you know you just want to be focusing on your music and doing what you love. You don't want to be kind of always like pushing these buttons but at the same time it's hard to see how it changes, you know. Yeah, exactly. If people aren't also aware of their bias. It's unconscious bias. So mm -hmm. it's like, yeah, of course exactly. this is it's almost like that's what we've always done. It's like, that doesn't mean you should continue because <laughs> you've always exactly. done it this way. And yeah, it's true. And it's it's definitely hard to be the one that has to point it out time and time again, I'm sure, because like you mentioned, mm -hmm. it gets tiring, but also people have to be receptive to it. Yeah. And yeah. that's the other battle is like getting into a place where it's like, I'm not trying to attack you. I'm just trying to make you aware right. <laughs> right, that yeah. this is a problem. But I True. think, like you said, the unconscious bias, that's like definitely what it is. A lot of the time it's not on, on purpose, mm -hmm. you know, and that's something that's so hard to change. If it's just, uh, you know, thought that people don't even think, you know, mm -hmm. if it's just like something they do by, you know, default, that's mm -hmm. that's harder, you know. Definitely. Okay. Mm -hmm. And for young artists, because we're going to go into Red Riot in a minute, but for I'm just curious for those who are coming up. And they're looking at people like yourself who are doing awesome work and putting out really cool music. What advice do you have for them in this industry and specifically in Iceland? Because obviously that's where you have the most experience. Mm. You want to yeah. start? Well, <laughs> I don't know. What advice for young people? I don't know. I think like you really just I, I say it to everyone. Like, you just really got to believe in that passion you have for what you're doing to begin with. Because, like, in the long haul, what else is left at the end of the day than, like, the passion and the need to create from within? Like, it, it will, you know, it won't go anywhere if you're not doing it for your own personal specific reasons that it will give you something like an outlet, outlet mm -hmm. for your creativity. So just, like whatever, get a day job or whatever, you know, <laughs> just, like, keep going because, like, I th feel like it's a cliche, but there's nothing like music. There's mm -hmm. nothing like music, and there's nothing that'll give you the same as music and will be as difficult as freaking music, you know? <laughs> it's 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 both. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't be in this for so long if it weren't, like, give and take and ups and downs and all of that, but just, like, keep fucking doing it just keep doing it if you believe in what you're creating just do it 
get a day job, keep on doing it. And just like, I believe, I want to believe that it will pay off. It personally, like personally, at some mm. levels, maybe not financially, but you know, <laughs> on a personal level, it will yeah. pay off. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Yeah, yeah. If you want to do this for the money, then you should just work in a bank or yeah. something. <laughs> but uh, no, yeah, I agree t- definitely. But I think also what is really important is just be uniquely you and not try to focus or like ch- change. I don't know. I'm not try to chase like what is popular yeah, or what trending. is like yeah, trending yeah. because uh, that's not as original as just you bringing out yourself. And also, I want to say like to um, especially with young artists that are starting in the game because I've been teaching a lot as well, like and teaching young artists. And uh, what is so sad for me is that so many of the young artists they're so focused on numbers and mm. like streams, numbers, likes, everything like that. Yeah. And that is just so hard to deal yeah. with. And if you're starting out and you're just like, oh, this song didn't get this many streams that means that i'm not good enough mm-hmm. like we had the luxury of like when the, we first released stuff it was on cd and you had no idea how many times people played the songs <laughs> they could have played it like 50 times a day and you didn't know or they could have just thrown the cd in the trash after mm-hmm. buying it so right. you you weren't constantly aware of like every kind of play and share and everything mm-hmm. and i think this can be really like dangerous for your kind of creativity yeah. and just like your self-worth if you're constantly it's a like constant comparison yeah mm-hmm. of yeah. your own creative creativity you know yeah and like uh yeah so in a way i wish that spotify would just like drop the numbers or youtube or anything because like in a way it's just weird like you go to an artist page and and most of the time you click the song that has the most plays but maybe that's not the best song or the song that mm-hmm. you like so i think that is something that it's hard, but just try to like focus on what you love and, and not focus on the, the likes and the clout and everything like that. Definitely. And also even just this wanting to go viral thing. That's also very dangerous. Yeah. A lot of people chasing that of like mega mm-hmm. numbers because then they feel somehow it's validation. But I think there's these interesting stories about people who have gone viral and how it's like ruined their life <laughs> because it's just exactly. like you're not yeah. sometimes you're just not ready for it, especially if you're really new. And exactly. something happens. And it could be like you go viral for a positive thing or something really negative, right? You just never know. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. yeah. um, but I agree about this like instant gratification culture. I mean, social media definitely perpetuates this of like you mentioned mm-hmm. about the numbers and uh, views. And uh, also Rakna, what you said about comparison. Like it's just you feel so every day like you're just trying to live up to something that is usually a facade, like people's, mm-hmm. it's only yeah. a portion of people's life. It's not the whole story or it's not the whole, you know, whatever's happening in the background. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. I hope people take that advice. <laughs> it's probably, <laughs> it's probably so difficult, well. but it's at the same time, like it, it's great advice to think about just being your authentic self. And mm-hmm. there's a guy named Seth Godin and he has this quote that he made saying that he became an overnight success. People think that he became an overnight success, but it took him 21 years or something like that, right? It was just like yeah. to become yeah. that. It's like, hmm, okay. All of us are, mm-hmm. are chasing this thing mm-hmm. that, and honestly, it just doesn't happen usually that way. Yeah. Um, okay. So Red Riot, which is the two of mm-hmm. you with yes. red-ish hair today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On theme, for sure. And <laughs> what was the like reasoning behind or like you know what what made the two of you go like we need to form this band and be together and make music and collaborate 
Well, um, well, the way me and Hilton met was like mm-hmm. I needed a singer, and then I just looked her up on the on the internet, <laughs> and uh, I was just like, you know, you can find a bunch of good singers, but like, who is matching with you? Who matches mm-hmm. like your brand? So I felt like Hilton matched me, and I just like cold call her, <laughs> called her, and she's like, yeah, yeah sure, <laughs> let's check it out, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but but then like we got along so well, and she started singing with me as Cell Seven for what a year two, two a couple of years. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then COVID came. Yeah. And then you- yeah, we, well, we always had talked about the idea that we should one time kind of like create something together yeah. because. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yeah, I had been performing with Ragna, but mm-hmm. with her music. Yeah. Um, and then we were always like, because we both have been producing for a long time and writing, but uh, like we didn't, you know, we had never done it together. And then COVID came and all of a sudden we had the time. And also we were both just like kind of excited to try out something new and mm-hmm. and try kind of focusing on making the whole thing ourselves. Because mm-hmm. in our solo projects, we have been kind of co-producing or working with mm-hmm. producers which like sometimes complicates that because then you kind of have to be de- dependent on someone else but mm-hmm. we wanted to just try to make it all ourselves yeah. and just like from scratch like every song produce it and write it and perform it so we just met uh to see what would happen mm-hmm. and we didn't even like we didn't have a plan of what kind of music either we were going to do what, like what happened is like we had both built up such an uh, a, a need To go out and dance, <laughs> just like <laughs> to go out and just have fun and dance, and that like that was the mutual touching point for our <laughs> music, just yeah. like banging dance music, having fun. I guess. Yeah, because th- this was at the time where every everything was, was closed, shut. Yeah, and, everything yeah. was shut down. So we were yeah. like, damn, we need to meet, make that kind of music that we want to get. You know, yeah. the outlet that we need. And I just yeah. missed having like bass hitting my chest, you know. <laughs> so Absolutely, like we yeah. were, yeah. we were kind of just doing stuff like that, you know, without even talking about it. Right. And like our first few demos were just like really like intense dance music, yeah. something. And then we were like, hey, that's actually really cool. Why yeah. shouldn't we just do that? And sometimes I think it's so beautiful when you don't plan things too much. Right. You just right. see what happens. And uh, I think our whole process has been like that. Like. Uh, Some of the songs, they just, I don't know, we just, we don't really talk about what kind of song we're going to make. We just start and do something, mm-hmm. you know. So yeah. I think we complement each other so well because I, I come from a very beat-driven environment, like being mm-hmm. like a rapper. And, and Hilde comes from a very melodic environment. So mm-hmm. like us together is just like... Yay! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's then, a match. Uh, <laughs> yay! Yeah, and it's also funny because like... I'm so used to like doing kind of dramatic melodies <laughs> and right now it's like, like not no. and she's always like how do you manage to do everything dramatic yeah, and, and like so I'm I'm also like trying to you know I don't know you learn so much from each other because Ragna is more about just like having fun or like doing music you can dance to and I, I and love Hilt- mixing it at you the know? same time Hilda's like you changed the chords didn't you I'm like what chords <laughs> I do what now? And she's just like, you just do anything, right? I'm, yeah, I do. So she's like, keeping things under control both ways. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it's just so great that we have such different backgrounds mm-hmm. and that just works really well. So we're not kind of focusing on the exactly same things when we're writing, exactly. which yeah. makes like a really dynamic combo, you know? Yeah, it's really cool. Nice. I love your 
you're also the way that you are together. You can tell that you're good friends and that you are really yeah. just having a great time. It's really sweet to hear you say, like, talk <laughs> about your collaborations. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And when it comes to performing, because COVID, blah, you know, and mm-hmm. just putting a damper on, like you mentioned, like being able to go out and dance or have a good time, and which has actually inspired you to make music. But mm-hmm. through this time, like, how have you adapted or shifted, whether it's in your solo career or in, like, as Red Riot, in order to kind of deal with the fact that, you know, well, there's more performances now in Iceland. I mean, but in, in terms of just in general, it's a lot less than it has been in the past. So what has been a shift for you in order to, like, reach the, your audience or just have an outlet? For me, like, it was kind of interesting because with my solo career, I had already planned to do, like, a concert break because I was working on a new album. So I wasn't planning on doing anything, but I wasn't planning that period to extend and be this long. So I haven't really been performing at all with my solo stuff, which means that I've just had so much more time to make music. So I've... I've never made as much music as during COVID, you know, both with Red Riot and me and and other projects. So, like, uh, for me, it hasn't been a sad time because I know a lot of musicians have had a hard time, like, not feeling inspired. But somehow, kind of, it it worked differently with me. But I still really miss performing. That's, that's Mm -hmm. like... That's the thing that, and also I think with uh, for a long time when we were writing the the first Red Riot songs, we were always just like we were always saying like, oh my god, I can't wait to play this live because this is kind of music that should be played live. Yeah, you know. Definitely. So so that was like a little bit hard that when we were releasing our first single, it was quite funny. Like the day after we premiered the video, there came like huge lockdown so mm-hmm. we like premiered the video and had <laughs> yeah. a party yeah. and we had to be go- gone at midnight home because then the huge lockdown started so yeah. we were like you know <laughs> this would have been a perfect time to do a great gig and yeah. stuff and but it was like yeah so i think that that's the only thing is that yeah we have yet to like see our full potential when it comes to yeah basically <laughs> our live gigs yeah our live shows yeah but you've yeah. been playing a little bit more than me though well i like the last year was all mapped out for so seven, just like going abroad each and every month, like a couple of times even. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it was new for me to have such a, um, a lockdown like year with trips abroad. So I didn't go anywhere. <laughs> I went somewhere in a couple of one, a small tour in January and February, but then just like locked down and I released an album the year before. So I wasn't really prepared to sit down and do another one just like immediately so I think during that lockdown period like Red Riot totally saved my insanity (laughs) totally so I got to focus on that and and the outlet that came with you know it was just great that I had something to latch on to yeah and you also were in Inspired by Iceland's campaign about turning sweatpants into (laughs) sneakers which was hilarious (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and yeah, so was uh, how was that for you in terms of being a part of this global campaign to market Iceland? It's funny because I've never worked with so many cooks in the kitchen, so Ooh, many cooks, okay. like like across <laughs> countries. And everybody has like certain ideas of what they want to say and what they want to convey in the lyrics. And you're like, wait, 
I'm not just showing up and doing my best and just like that's it, print <laughs> final done. No, there's a guy over there who wants you to say something about sheeps. There's a guy over there who wants something about uh, Aurora Borealis, and you're like, you don't say that in words, like it doesn't in print, yeah, like, but not, not in lyrics. <laughs> not going to rap this. You don't understand. So like there was like so we went through like. Freaking 12 versions. And by the oh, time we were shooting the commercial, I was like, which version is this? And they're like, I don't know your lyrics. Do you know how many versions we did of the song? I do not know where my what my name is like by this time. So like it was crazy. It um, was so funny to be on the sideline as well because Ragnar was always calling me up like, oh my God, do you know what <laughs> yep. they want me to say yep. now? <laughs> they like... want me to say this word and stuff. And I was like, Whoa. oh, that's, that's because like it's weird having people from the ad industry or like that. Yes, you know, definitely. It's a whole they, nother they're ball They're not game. lyricists and they're yes. like, this word will sell. And yes. you're like, that doesn't fit into music, no. but okay. No. And like all the time you're trying to like be true to yourself and mm-hmm. as an artist because they're also the ones that bought this brand. Mm. So they need to know also where my limits are when it comes to like Tell making, them. making me say stuff. <laughs> I'm like, no, I won't go there. Th- right. These are my borders and lines. I will not go there. Yeah. So like at the same time, it was super fun and I learned a lot. And But, you know, it's not nice having too many people like yeah. from two different worlds trying to make something at the end yes it worked but it was a process getting there it was yeah yeah Yeah, that is so interesting to hear because it i mean i come from a marketing background so i totally get you in that like there there's one side of being like these like they mentioned the terms (laughs) it's like Mm. but you don't wrap marketing jargon unless it's like for a joke or something you know Exactly. (laughs) exactly Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Well, that's interesting to get some insight into because I'm sure a lot of people have seen that video and now they'll know that it's it's you, Cell <laughs> Seven. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. In terms of, let me see here. So we've talked about COVID, and well, I mean, we have at least a performance coming up for on Saturday. So that's something to look yep. forward to, and I'm really mm-hmm. excited about that as well. And mm-hmm. I'm just curious about for the both of you going forward. I mean, we don't know what's going to happen, obviously with how if people will be able to travel more for performances and whatever else, or even the landscape will just change to these hybrid events maybe of like in-person and live streaming. But I would love to hear if you can share um, what each of you is doing individually that people can look forward to or as Red Riot. Yeah, well, I am, as I said, working on my first uh, full-length solo album, and that is going to be out next year. And Red Riot is also working on a yeah. full-length album. Nice. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. that's also something people right. can look forward to. Um, and then I'm also, I've been producing more and more new Icelandic artists. So there are at least two uh, EPs that I've produced coming out next year that I'm really excited about. So for people that love Icelandic music, there's a lot of cool stuff coming. I'm I'm also doing my solo album. I think it won't be due until like later next year, but also like going super fast, faster than I anticipated. Just like a new collaboration with producer that like I'm really getting along with. So I'm very excited about that. Usually like it has been (laughs) a process, this producer chasing thing. (laughs) Yeah, finding the right. Yeah, finding, not like, not the right, not only the right one, but a one that will show up. Mm. one that will just like like deliver or actually physically deliver yes and not just like meet you (laughs) after eight weeks and be like 
So where were we last time? I'm like, oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so that has been a huge problem in my creation, creating process. Just like. Mm. So and when so funny to find like finally a producer that actually does the work in between sessions and you're like, wow, this is going really fast. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. You know? But like that was so much fun with me and Hilter because we know we've mm. been through that separately. Mm-hmm. And then, like, when we're together, it's like, we, you know, we get things done. Yeah, yeah and definitely. we're both impatient. So we're, yes. like, we just do shit. Yeah. And, and that's actually one of the reasons as well that we started Red Riot was we were talking about a producer we had both been working with. And we were like, has he sent you the files? No, I, no, <laughs> I haven't heard from him. And we were like, why are we always chasing these, mm. you know, effing producers mm. that don't deliver? And we can mm. just do it ourselves. So yeah. that that's kind of funny that how that kind of sparked. Yeah into this project as well you know yeah definitely and it must be kind of hard too when you have like a small a smaller pool of producers to yeah. choose from yes, if you're deciding to use a definitely. producer <laughs> so there's like it is okay it next is. one list and it's yeah. like i hope i don't get to the end of the list and all of them are oh the same. yeah well, yep yep <laughs> yeah yeah okay. exactly well i'm glad that you mm. found a person who's working out well for you and yes. to end this off though i usually ask <laughs> what people's favorite Icelandic word or phrase is. And I know in the beginning, helped it before we started uh, recording, that you mentioned that you did have one. So I'm going to start with you in case Rakna needs yeah. a little more time. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, my word is actually the name of my old band, Rakro, mm. because this is an uh, old Icelandic word and uh, it means like Rakr means like twilight and Ro means like calmness. So it means when the kind of twilight is or like the sun is going down and it's getting dark, everything becomes calm. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've always loved this word uh, because, you know, it's just a beautiful word. And then we we named the band that unaware that we would play a lot outside of Iceland and nobody could pronounce it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's it's the hardest word ever. It has like two Ks, two Rs, like an O with two dots. And it's mm-hmm. like... A lot of people think that it's like some word game on rock and roll. And it's like the total opposite. We're like, no, it has a meaning. It's like a really cool word. So, yeah, but I think it's a beautiful word, rakuro. And Mm -hmm. it's like a challenge to, if you want to try to roll your R's, like that's a good word to practice with. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. And it's funny that, yeah, it's it's, it's really calm. (laughs) Yeah. Everybody wants it to be because they're like, oh, I get it. And it's like, no, you have no idea. Yeah, exactly. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Mm. Now, how about you? I think my new favorite word is the word score. Score. It, <laughs> it can mean a lot of stuff. Score. It might mean, okay then. Like, I'm about to say, drop something. Like, mm. score. And then it, then when you say something, for example, you might, somebody's trying to prove you wrong, but then you're right. And you go like, score. Like, <laughs> told you, and then school can, you know, it's like yeah, an emphasis true. word. It's yeah. a funny word, like in Icelandic. It depends on how you say it. Yeah. 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 I definitely heard a lot of people use it as a filler word when they don't know what they want. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Like, that as well. Yeah. Like, so, mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. so. Yeah. Well, then, now what? So, mm-hmm. I'm thinking, yeah. So, yeah. Score. S-K-O. <laughs> That's a little bit easier than mine. <laughs> just a tad. Small little word. Yeah. But thank you so much. This has been awesome being able to just get some insight into the both of you as artists and as a band. And I, of course, like I mentioned, have links to your social media accounts so that people can follow you there. And then also uh, your Spotify playlists and websites, wherever else. But 
it was such a pleasure and I really appreciate you kind of, you know, coming on and sharing your insights today. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thank you.